and then suddenly I was in the Soko Chico, the busy little square at the foot of the Medina, the old city. There were fabric and jewelry shops and cafes where Moroccan men sat playing dominoes and traveling backpackers were drinking coffee, TVs blaring in the background. Twisting narrow cobblestone alleys crowded with tiny aromatic shops led off the square, up toward the Kasbah. Some of the characters in the ambience here reminded me of the scruffy, sometimes scabrous corner of McDougal and Third in New York's Greenwich Village, not far from my tiny studio apartment. But this was Tangier, and I needed a place to stay. Looking down a crooked little alley, I saw the affordable, charming Palace Hotel, where a fountain surrounded by potted palms gurgled in the lobby. I took a room on the second floor. A ponytailed fellow Midwesterner happened to be staying in a room just down the hall. Dave from Indiana, a couple of years younger than I, was an engineering student who had been at the hotel nearly a month, hanging out, meeting people, sunbathing, and smoking kif. He told me I'd be safe just wandering around. You're gonna love this place, he said, sitting cross-legged on the lone chair across from my iron bedstead with its thin mattress. This hotel is a flea bag. But Tangier is great. I began to explore, walking the narrow streets for hours, dodging a donkey here or there, watching barefooted children carrying fresh-baked bread from communal ovens, looking into open shops and peeking into courtyards behind ornate doors that were sometimes left ajar. I walked up the hill through the winding cobblestone streets of the Medina. At the top, I came upon the Casbah a small level square in front of the ancient wall overlooking the Mediterranean far below. Here I was, in the Kasbah. Yet it could not have been less dramatic. This sunny, windswept place was mostly deserted, except for a turbaned snake charmer playing his flute to lure a sleepy cobra out of his basket. I stayed a few minutes, then continued my wandering and window shopping, sometimes sitting in cafes, chatting with stoned-out hippies from Sweden or France. Dave from the hotel and I hung out, eating fresh black figs from paper cones, smoking a little kiff supplied by the urchins, staying close to the soko chico. We moved to the rhythms of the drums, ouds, and flutes in the dancing boy cafe. During the day I soaked up the atmosphere, happily getting lost. The shopkeepers were friendly. Even the beggar children following me seemed harmless. I ate street food and watched the lights come on in the port. At midnight, a white-bearded Moroccan, a night watchman, approached me near the ramparts of the Kasbah and wordlessly shooed me, a woman alone, right to the door of the Palace Hotel. I wondered how he had known where I was staying. It wasn't until much later that I understood the Moroccan grapevine had already noticed me, and that the grapevine had another side in the large but tight-knit expat community, one with its own gossip and tracking of comings and goings. Now that I was here in Jane Bowles's vicinity, I wondered where she lived exactly, what she was doing. I confided in my buddy Dave that I thought about her while I lay in bed at night, telling him how deeply her writings touched me. What if I could meet her? I wondered aloud, though I had never before made the slightest effort to meet a famous person I admired. Go ahead. Try, Dave said. You must.